Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by the Science Ambassador Scholarship, a full-ride scholarship for women studying science, technology, engineering, or math, funded by Cards Against Humanity. Apply by December 11th at scienceambassadorscholarship.org. December 11th, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> Offensive. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Uh, mm, hold on, let me, let me... Speaking up. Yeah, yeah, like, hey, I, I noticed something. I noticed something, Weird. and I think I should say something. Yeah. If you see something, say something. That's it. <laughs> Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Good morning, Gingerman Franklin. <laughs> That's a new one. Trin, guess what? What? Um, I'm... Chicken okay. butt. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm very caffeinated. I slammed some espresso as soon as I woke up this morning, and I had a shake. A shake? Like, oh, no, like a, like a smoothie. Oh, what was in the smoothie? Banana and a half, handful of walnuts, soy milk, frozen peaches, and just a few frozen cranberries Ooh. to be a little tangy delight. Oh, did you make it yourself? I did indeed. Hell yeah. yeah smoothie I, queen. I've been t- uh, it turns out that the easiest breakfast is throwing a bunch of shit into a smoothie machine, which is also known as a blender. A blender. Yes, and then drinking it. That sounds delightful. Uh, it is. It doesn't always taste great, but yeah. all the things inside of it are good for you, so it doesn't matter. Trin. Yes. I'm seeing, okay, I have no time for fun right now because <gasps> I'm working on this huge project that yes. I can't talk about yet, but I have a little time for fun. And tomorrow night, guess what I'm doing? What are you doing? I'm seeing Kesha. <gasps> I know. What? I know. <laughs> so how did this come about? Tell me everything. Are you going to like, uh, are you going to like say hello to Kesha? Like, probably, yeah. Probably from like way back. Sure. Like, hello. In a normal voice, I'll go, hello, Kesha. <laughs> My partner has been long obsessed with Kesha. So he grabbed two tickets without even like consulting if I could go because he was like, if if she can't go, I'll just take someone else. There's no way I'm missing Kesha, which I love. But it turns out I can go. Yeah. And uh, what does one wear to a Kesha concert? Glitter. Glitter, right? Body glitter and maybe nothing else? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like... Like a like a like a glitter jumpsuit. I'm I have like 24 hours to create. Man, I wish I wasn't so fucking tall because I literally have pants made out of sequins that I would lend you. Oh my god! And I have a lot of sparkly eyeshadow, but I wouldn't say glitter. Like I mean, but yeah, you want to glit glit yourself. I'm gonna glit it up. Yeah. So by the time this episode airs, I will. Have Kesha will already have happened to me. She'll be coming into the office just completely chromed yeah. up, like just like be- bejeweled. I will be wearing a disco ball. Bejazzled, bedazzled. <laughs> All kinds of dazzles. Yeah, I am very excited Thank for you. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I love her new album. And I, I like she. So I feel like Kesha, uh, I know this is a big statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. Kesha gives me more hope in the human race. Honestly, same Z's like uh, especially like our age group, like millennials, because I think she's about like she's halfway between our ages. I think so, too. Yeah. And her ability to change and become a uh, it's like she was never a a role model and never intended to be. But like she used to be really fucking problematic. And like now she's kind of like, oh, wow, I, I actually learned from that and I'm better. She's a grown lady. Yeah. 
Like there's so many people in the public eye who just kind of um, get those that feedback and decide, like, guess who's right? It's me. Now I'm going to double down. Yeah, still me. Right. Never been wrong. Won't be wrong ever again. (laughs) Kesha is like the least bad white lady that we have. Yeah. 53%, Jen. Oh, God. 53% of white women are bad. (laughs) Voted for Probably more. Uh, Okay. So, Kesha... Uh, her new album's great. I'll yes. probably cry. I can't wait to see what she opens with and what she closes with. <gasps> I'm not. I'm not going to look at a set list, but I will text you and let you know. Are you going to live tweet it? I think I'll be dancing too hard. Oh, It'll good. just be like a string of tweets. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point, Jen. If you need any consultation about your Kesha evening outfit, please get in touch with me, and I would be happy to help in any way I can. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Please get in touch with me at Trin." At- <laughs> <laughs> like Trin, I-, I know how to reach you. I know where you work and live. I know the names of your cats. I'm so upset that you can't wear my sequin pants. I mean, I could wear them like on my arms. You know what? You could probably because they're leggings. You could probably wear them and like safety pin the waist. Bring them in. I got a big See old ass. Jen. Like, so do I. Kind of. I shut up. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Actually, when I was okay, so I so, think I just blew out the mic because I was laughing so hard. Let so you know I'm going to say a thing, and then after I'm done saying the thing, if you don't want it to be on the internet say and cut that okay so i have a a big butt mm-hmm. you have a very nice booty thank you and you you have this this combination of you've got these heeled boots and these jeans and it's your, those are your booty jeans yes everybody has booty jeans thank you do there's in no universe would i ask ian to cut that from the internet <laughs> <laughs> Ian, leave it leave it in where are your booty jeans? Okay. No, in heels? I, I know that you want to talk about French shipping, but I want to keep talking about your ass, Jen. <laughs> this is ass shipping. <laughs> okay, we could we could do this. We could do our show, I guess. Uh, all right. So the first question, would you like to read it? Yes. Hold on. Let me get the doc. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Hi. Ready? Yeah. Um, my question is a bit of a tricky one. I have a person in my life who deals with mental health struggles, and they have made so much progress over the past few years. I can see the difference in their day-to-day behavior, and I'm so proud of them. However, recently a few red flags popped up for me, like they changed part of their treatment plan without consulting a doctor, and seem very down about their work life. I've noticed a real change in their demeanor, and it's been that way for a while. I try to be supportive, but obviously I'm not a professional. My question is, is there a polite and caring way to kindly suggest that someone consider therapy again? Or is that just completely not my business? How would I go about starting that conversation? I don't want to overstep, but at this point, I feel like not saying something would be a disservice to my friend. So, okay, listen. Wow. You know what? So, you know, you all know how we start out with a document of notes. And uh, Jen just like blew this question apart and I didn't see it until just now. So, Jen, do you want to start? I'd love to. So... I feel a lot of understanding with this asker because I completely understand their instincts not to overstep or make their friend uncomfortable or make them feel like their behavior where they seem down is not acceptable. But you see this friend a lot. Like you said the phrase day-to-day behaviors. So you've got insight here. Like you aren't passing judgment from several weeks apart or several states away. You've noticed a pattern. You're their friend. You're worried. You said it's completely not my business. But you are close enough to know they, they've been to therapy. So there's, there's a connection understanding here. I think it is your business to say something. I think that's okay. 
Yeah, your friends are your business. And like, I, obviously, we're not asking you to like, get all up in and be anybody's life coach. Uh, but this is a very reasonable ask to make of a friend and a very reasonable thing to notice. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a private person and I might be embarrassed because I'm from the Midwest. If someone said, you seem off, like if that came unexpectedly and it would make me self-conscious. But that is not that's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid that I would feel that way. And I don't think that's a reason not to talk to your friend about this. And there is totally a way to say this in, as you said, a kind and caring way. Yeah, I totally agree. And Jen and I are both people who have been to therapy, who have lap lapses in, in being in therapy. And when we get to the scripts, which we will, we want you to know that these are things that would personally not offend either of us. But these are things that like you're going to say in your own voice. And that is the most important thing here. This has to come from you specifically. This has to be a heart to heart. You say it this one time. It's super meaningful. It's important. And then you never say it again because then that's overstepping your bounds. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Like badgering them to get back into therapy. Oh, right. Good point, know? Trin. Like like uh, bringing it up every, like every couple of days or something. Um, that's probably the job of a partner or like a super close friend, which hey, you might be, maybe you are that person. And we will give you permission then to badger your very, very close friend to get into therapy. But if you're somebody who sees them on the day to day and you didn't say best friend, so they didn't say best friend, right? Mm -mm. They didn't say super good friend or old friend. You might want to leave the rest of that to another person in their support network. Yeah, I love that you said I try to be supportive, but I'm obviously not, I'm obviously not a professional. It's pretty damn wise. It's smart you already recognize the limits of what you can do for a friend. But there is something you can do, which is start the conversation. Yeah. Let's also talk about changed part of their treatment plan. Yeah. Without yeah, yeah, yeah. a doctor. I don't want to, like, alarm you, but that is that can be very dangerous. It can. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about specifically therapy. So they could not have stopped going to a therapist without that therapist, like, having reached out to them again. Mm -hmm. It could be. So, so here are some benign reasons why somebody... I say benign, but I mean like not catastrophic life ending reasons why somebody would stop going to therapy even when it's helpful. It could be that that was not the right therapist for them. Oh, that is so common. That is super, super I mean, I ditched, I've ditched two therapists before. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of something that I wanted to say like to you. I, I was like, I just had this story happen. So here's a great reason why somebody might leave a therapist. So I called a new therapist the other day. And um, and she was like, oh, tell me a little because this is what happens. And this may be good information for you guys. When you first call a therapist and leave a message and say, hey, like if you are accepting new patients, could you let me know? They'll call you back and they'll give you like a cursory interview to see if your problems align with what they do. Um, and she's like, tell me a little bit about your history, blah, blah. And one of the things that I mentioned was I'm bisexual and I need you to be OK with that. And she laughed and she goes, that shouldn't even be a question. Like, how is that a thing? And I said this out loud and it was the first time I realized that it was a problem. It was like. My last therapist I went to for five years and I never came out to because she said a few underhanded things about bisexuals being confused. Oh, wow. So that kind of thing can happen at any time. Yep. Therapists are still human beings. I was about to say, they're still people. Right. They ain't perfect. And they have biases. And you get to decide what is a line crosser for you and what isn't. And for five years, that wasn't a line crosser for me because it wasn't something I was working on. Uh, but if she uh, said all, like, all of a sudden, like, Depression is dumb and medicine is stupid. I would be like, okay, bye. 
obviously it's probably not what the thing is, but people leave therapists just like they leave hairstylists. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I left a therapist once because we were becoming friends. Oh, that's too, that's, that's too much. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Yeah. We had completely different lifestyles. She was like, she's a woman with children and she lived in the suburbs and she was so lovely, but we had similar situations with our mothers. Which at first was amazing because she was giving me all this insight and gave me hope into like, oh, my God, you seem amazing and you're older than me and you survived all this. Awesome. But then we would talk about like common day to day stuff and we would just like start to gossip. And she would be too nice to me to the point where I like I had to do a little thinking where I was like, you know what? I actually don't need another friend. I've got some really, really amazing friends that love me very much. And I actually need someone to be hard on me. Which was not her. I love that. So uh, people leave therapy, move in and out of therapists, are between therapists all the time. Yeah. And therapy is a lot of work. OK, so it's not just like the homework you take home, but it's also like you have to freaking get there every week. It's another thing on your plate. And if you are somebody with a busy work life, which it seems that you mentioned that this person is having a hard time at work. It could suck to just add that one extra thing to your schedule, even if it's really good for you. I mean, my therapist was like, yeah, people don't like to come to therapy in the winter in Chicago. So she holds like Skype and Google Hangout calls. And she's like, it's not that people need therapy less in the winter. It's like it's hard to get here on the bus. Like logistically, it can be annoying. Yeah. It's also expensive. Yeah. I mean, therapists do have sliding scales, many of them. But like that, it's healthcare. It's it's like a doctor's appointment. It costs add up. Uh, it, uh, it's not something that I recommend being one of the first things to cut from your budget. Um, I would recommend talking to your therapist and seeing how you could work that out. But it is a completely common reason why people stop seeking therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it doesn't mean that your friend doesn't take their mental health seriously. It just means that this isn't going to be an option for them right now. And they need to find other ways to help themselves. Um, which sucks. Like all these things suck. I know. And you can add that into what you say, which is you can say like, oh, hey, you haven't been to therapy. You guys are obviously really close. Yeah. In, in like a mental health regard. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're close enough to know what their mental health routine is, you're probably close enough to say like, hey, why'd you end up stopping to see that therapist? Um, I'm curious to know just because like I, people leave therapists for all kinds of reasons. Did they say something weird to you? Yeah, I think it's okay to ask that or like, hey, you left therapy. Was it was it a big deal? Is it is it no big deal? Like what's like you can like take their temperature on this thing and see what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, so I think this is a good little segue into some scripts. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So here's here's one. Hello. Don't say it like that. <laughs> hello. hello. Hello, friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I just want to make sure you're OK. I noticed that you're having a rough time at work and you're also changing your mental health routine while you're dealing with that. And I'm just afraid this isn't the time to make changes, especially not without your doctor. And I think that future you will thank you for not making things harder on them. So the benefit of this script is we're not saying, hey, you're making shit harder on yourself and you suck and are bad and you're not doing the thing. And why aren't you doing the thing? It's like, hey, I'm worried about future you. And like, I get this might work for you right now, but let's talk about what's going to happen in a few months if you stop going to therapy. I love that. It's not tough love. Right. Sometimes we advocate tough love. This script is not tough love. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm it's just love. I'm just worried about you. Yeah, I, I feel like if they wanted the tough love option, they would have said something like they're very resistant. Yep, absolutely. We we got no clues that you need to tough love this person. Yeah. And man, I, I know this is like officially off topic because we moved on, but like I good one good on this asker for being so tuned in with their friend's mental health routine. That's really cool. 
And two, good on the asker's friend for taking so many positive steps. Absolutely. Sidebar, uh, before we get to the other scripts, I think it's really important that the asker's friend knows that mental health is a lifelong process. It could be that they are feeling better right now or they felt better a month ago and then stopped doing the work because they're like, I am good now. Um, So part of your conversation might want you might want to add the fact that you don't just freaking solve this. It's not chicken pox. You don't get cured. Right. In the traditional sense. Like I went to the doctor and got antibiotics and a couple of days later I'm feeling better. That sucks, doesn't it? Like, don't you wish there were antibiotics for depression? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, like it's uh, you got the uh, super bug doesn't uh, doesn't go away, which is it sounds really depressing, uh, especially to people with depression, which <laughs> who don't really need any more de- depressing things in their lives. But uh, this is like a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, like depression. It's easier to get depressed when you're depressed than it is easier to get happier. Yeah. And just to wrap this sidebar up. For all of you who are listening with depression, who are uh, like feeling despondent over the fact that we're saying like, oh, you have this forever. Your sadness is as much a part of you as your happiness is. The way your brain works isn't wrong. It's just you have to do a little more work. So the fact this is a lifelong process is not a bad thing. It's just, hey, let's work on this together. Yeah, honestly, I've I've tried lately. I've tried to like wear my periods of depression like an armor yeah i'm like i've i've been through some shit and it makes the the happy periods so much more joyous because i ring them for everything they are in the low periods i'm like I, I can do this i've been through this before i can do this yeah um i had this conversation with a very close a friend who i've been very close with for like over a decade who's seen me through like some really dark times and every success that i have in my life we decided is worth like 20 times somebody with a neurotypical brain because I had to fight so fucking hard to make that happen. And like, the, and that's true, man. So like who, if you're listening and you have depression, like anything that you have, anything that you've made, anything that you've gained means so much because you did it. Anyway, let's talk about uh, this question. I guess. Other scripts. Other scripts. So here's another one. Hey, how are you? Um, last couple times I've seen you, you seem pretty down. And uh, I want to check in on you. And then wait for more information. And then you can say, have you considered going back to therapy? You told me you, you haven't gone back to therapy. You haven't been there in a while. Oh, that's a really good light way of saying, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you mentioned therapy is not, a, you don't go to therapy weekly. Do you go monthly? Like, what's going on here? Ooh, because I like this this idea because it allows them, it's lighthearted, first of all. You're not, like... You're, you're not getting into the nitty gritty yet. It might happen. This friend might start opening up and revealing some, some of the private stuff. But in this way, you're kind of testing the waters to be like, what happened? I need some more information. And then I like the idea of saying, hey, is it OK if I check in on you, if we check in on this topic in a couple of days? Like if, it, if, you know, if it ends lightheartedly and you don't get a lot of information, I think I think it's OK to ask permission to ask again. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can follow that up with especially if the friend reacts with like, oh, I haven't been going to therapy because I just I feel better lately. And like they're just completely misreading how they're doing. Right. Uh, Then following that up with it's important that you go back to therapy. You saying that you as a close friend notice that don't say red flags because that'll freak them out. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Avoid Uh, the phrase red flags. 
But if you say it's important and meaningful for me that you take care of yourself and go to therapy, I think that it's a bad idea to not go. I think you can say that. I think you can say that because what are you doing right then? You're speaking on behalf of yourself. Yes. You are speaking as a friend, which is what you are. You know, we always say use I statements. This is definitely a time to use I statements. I notice that from what I've seen, that kind of thing. Right. Because like, there's really no disputing that. And, you know, if you want to go like if you want to turn the dial up a little bit, go from like lighthearted to a little bit more meaningful, you can say this is not a comment on your personality. It's not a comment on our friendship. You're amazing. But I, you seem down and I'm worried about you. And let's take care of future you. Yeah. What's going on with your therapist? What's going on? Right. Oh, I feel bad for everybody. Jen, do you want to do the last one? Yeah. So here's so, you know, we mentioned we're not really tough loving this person. And I, I don't think this qualifies as like the tough love, but I think it's definitely taking the dial up a little bit more and making and being frank. And there might be a time when you can do this. And again, you can still do it in a loving, supportive, caring way, but it, it leaves absolutely no room for discussion. It says, friend, I really think you ought to go back to therapy for what it's worth. You seemed so much happier and better to me on it. Whatever you decide to do, I'll support you. But my my hope as your friend is that you'll give therapy another go. I love that. That's so good. It It sets up how... This is a very serious situation. You're not fucking up royal or something like that. But man, like it's time to go get back on track. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, I'm on your team. I'm We're in this together. Like I'm not going anywhere. And uh, I want to be friends with future you forever. So like, you know, let's let's take care of future you. Future you. So to wrap this up in conclusion, it is your business. It absolutely is. If this is somebody you see on a day to day and know well enough that they are divulging details about their mental health routine, then you are free to comment on it. Absolutely. Uh, Make sure that you are not placing like a ton of blame on them for not going to therapy. As we said, there are multiple reasons why people stop going to therapy. Try and seek those out. But at the at the end of it, you do get to say, hey, this thing made you better, made you feel better made your life easier and you're not doing it anymore and that sucks be nicer to my friend be nicer to my friend yeah Take i care love of her my i love my friend yeah. And I want you to be nice to my friend. I'm not around all the time. So you got to take care of my friend for me sometimes, okay? Oh. <laughs> love that. Man, I think you got this. Of course they got you this. You got to take you got to take the step. I know it's hard bringing up this topic cuz you got you got you know you're thinking about it. You're adding weight to it and you're worried and that's making it hard to say the thing. But I think this will go better even better than you think. All right, question two. Question two. Here we go. There's a girl in my shared kitchen that I'm having feelings for, but she sees me as a friend. No, don't de- delete this email just yet, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Yeah. First off, I'm not one of those nice guys who thinks she owes me something for being decent. I'm well aware that's not how it works. And even if she might be interested, it's my own fault for not making my feelings known before it got to this because I'm a damn coward. As is often the case, I really do value her as a friend, and I really don't want to sabotage it, especially because we'll be sharing a kitchen together for at least another year. But the problem is that not only does she see me as a friend, she sees me as one of the two friends she trusts enough to open up about literally anything with, including her previous relationship which was bad enough that it made her unable to have romantic feelings for anyone for the two years I've known her, and advice about the guy she's currently interested in, though she's certain he's not the one and that she won't act on it. 
Partly because he seems to have something with another girl from the kitchen. The kitchen is a big shit deal. Shit is going down in the kitchen. The kitchen is like central perk on Friends. It's like where all the shit happens. <laughs> now for the actual question. I'm honored by how much she trusts me, but it also makes me feel bad about keeping my feelings for her a secret. Should I tell her about my feelings in the spirit of total honesty, even if she really doesn't seem to have any feelings for me and it might ruin what we do have? Or should I just keep quiet and stay the understanding friend that she trusts enough to share feelings with, putting my own feelings in the background? Just a little bit of background information. We're both pretty inexperienced, having each had only one relationship before, and are both in our early 20s. She's admitted to herself to be being bad at sharing her feelings with others, and I'm basically the typical fat nerd with little experience. I'm honestly not sure what the right move is. Well, either are we. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think we have some ideas. We can get, at least put them in the right direction. Yeah, we can give you some options and you can you can pick pick one off the menu. What's the deal with this kitchen? Yeah, this is like horny central. Yeah, like I, I don't know if it's a university situation or if they're in like some communal living situation because it's cheap because they just got out of school. Right. Uh, but either way, man, I love it. Hold on to the magic of this kitchen because when you're a little bit older you'll miss the kitchen yeah you'll miss the the weird the weird sexual tension in the kitchen (laughs) we need you to write a novel or a memoir called the kitchen yeah and i want you to remember some of the conversations and things you overhear in the kitchen the kitchen oh my gosh okay all right so ask her it absolutely depends on your goal here so it seems like you you feel like you're holding something uh, secret from her that you have feelings for her and that she uh, she is owed your total honesty. Uh, but you, there are a lot of things you don't tell her. OK, you don't tell her about the hentai that you masturbate to. You don't tell her about <laughs> I don't know why that was my first uh, guess about you. But, it. you know, you don't tell her a whole lot of stuff. So this is just one thing about yourself that you don't feel is a good idea to share. Yeah, she doesn't need to know you completely to be your friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want her to stop talking about her past relationships because it makes you sad or uncomfortable, a great way to get her to stop is say, hey, honestly, I have feelings for you, like warm, squishy ones. And and when you talk about your past relationships or talk about the new guy you're interested in, it makes me sad and I want to talk about something else. You can totally do that. There is nothing wrong. That will create distance and that will absolutely create a a distance between the information you get about her romantic life uh, and yourself. But is that your goal? Because that would be the only thing that telling her the truth about your feelings would do, in my opinion. I, I, I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, you could also achieve... The goal, if you don't want to hear about her, her romanticness, you could also say, I'm feeling down about romance right now. Can we talk about something else? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just really glad that you're not trying to convince her to date you. It, seem, it seems to me that he just wants to be totally honest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, I like that you had to specify that you're not a nice guy who feels owed because that's definitely what we would assume. We'd yeah. be like, get the fuck out of the kitchen. Get out of our emails yeah, also. Yeah, so it is sad that the bar is so low for boys that you have to specify. I know I'm not owed. I know I'm not owed anything. I know yeah. that. But you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
And and anyway, even if you even if she was romantically interested in you, it's probably not the best person to start dating if you're both inexperienced and you're both wounded and you're both sharing this fucking kitchen that will just get even more dramatic if anybody dates. Like she probably should honestly sidebar. She should probably not seek out that other guy that shares the kitchen as well. Uh, yeah. Like, please, the kitchen clearly has enough drama in it. Yeah, the kitchen is full of drama. The kitchen is cooking up the drops (laughs) in that in its cuisine art blender. (laughs) So, like, yeah, like you don't want to you probably don't want to date someone who's having trouble with romantic feelings after a tragic breakup. Yeah. You want to date somebody who is ready to date specifically you for the self-described fat nerd you are, which is awesome and is worth loving entirely as you are. Absolutely. All right. Now, next bit. Okay, so I have a I have a little, little harsh. I have a little question. Yes. A little question and it's it might hurt your feelings, Asker, but I swear I'm not trying to cuz you really do seem pretty great. We like you a lot. Yeah. Okay, but are you sure that you're the only one of two people she's opening up to? Yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Because this seems like it seems like there are a lot of people that you both know. I'm picturing like like college campus, grad school, communal living, apartment, shared kitchen. That means there's a lot of in and out of people in there in both of your lives and I I don't know. You know like you know those like moments where you just start connecting with someone like maybe you're at a bonfire or you're in a bar and you start sharing things you don't normally share because like the setting is just like, you know. Yeah. It might be the kitchen might have some magic that makes her share. The kitchen is a bonfire. But you know she also Yeah, totally turn. But you know she probably texts friends from her her childhood. She probably maybe she has a sister she talks to a lot or a sibling or like, you know, there's there's definitely more than two people in her life that she opens up to. Yeah, there's it's very little chance that it's just you and some other. It seems yeah. I mean it just Here's the thing. That doesn't reflect badly on you. I think it's awesome that she shares with you because it means she likes being around you. You're easy to be around and you're a great listener. So those are all good things. But she probably shares with more than two people. Yeah. So don't go feeling special, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) You should feel special because we like you. Yeah. But that's the only reason why. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, okay. Let's also, I, I, I hate this. I hate this because the stuff that we're going to say is going to make the asker feel bad. And we really like the asker. But it's not that even I hate the asker's kitchen friend or I I want bad things for them. But it's I want to shed reality on this. I'm going to kill the boners. Kill the. It's time. Cold water on those boners. Question. Hmm. Is the only time asker that you see your kitchen friend is in the bonfire kitchen? And is it only in the shared kitchen and you know everyone has to go to the kitchen because that's where the food and water is yeah like she's not just casually spending time in there she needs to eat food and use the sink and such yes but you are not a sink okay listen we don't want you to be used as the trash compactor okay of her feelings of her feelings we are worried that she's using you as a dumping ground and and you would know way better than we would okay because you are in this situation there is an equally good chance that kitchen sharing is just a venue that works for you two to have heart darts. But if you are this close, can you go get coffee together? Do you hang out outside the kitchen? Yeah. Can you leave the kitchen? Like, again, hanging out in the kitchen and dishing about your feelings is a perfectly valid friendship, even if it's only relegated to this. But, like, have you left the kitchen? Also, does she ask you questions? I was just about <laughs> to say that. You read my mind. 
Does she talk to you about your life? Does she ask stuff? Does she say, how are you? How was your day? How was this class? What's in, what, what do you got in the fridge there? What do you think it's in this crock pot? What do you think is happening to the dishes that no one <laughs> is cleaning? Any questions about you and your opinions? Yeah, you are honored by how much she trusts you, but do you trust her the same amount to open up back? And should you feel honored? Because you seem nice. People, you know, you're a trustworthy, friendly person. Also, okay, I had another thought. So you might hear this and go, yeah, she asked me stuff. Yeah, we're friends. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Fine. Then turn off this podcast because you're fine. Yeah, but we just had to say it because we're thinking of you and we want to make sure that, like, you said you feel honored by this person. Uh, You know... You shouldn't feel honored. Right. My, it's a little weird to feel honored. That feels so one-sided yeah, rather than... that's I, what it is. Like, we want you to feel, instead of honored, we want you to feel supported and heard. And understood. And understood. And listened to. Because all of those things you are providing for your kitchen friend. Yep. And they... And, and we're not saying that they owe you or something like that. Like, cause they don't like if this, if this one-sided friendship situation works for you and you haven't asked for more and she hasn't like made the, the leap or whatever. I mean, I guess it's fine. Like you can do whatever you want, but we would think that you deserve a little more. Yeah. In terms of friendship, in terms of friendship, yeah, we're not talking about dating or anything physical, like licking each other. Yeah. No. Nothing. No. But like, what are you getting out of this? Yeah. Are you friends? Yeah. Are you friends? Or is she dumping a lot of emotional garbage on you? Yeah. And that can feel good for a little while. A little garbage shower. Yeah. Know? It's like, oh, I'm so honored to be catching all this garbage. Right. But you've mentioned that you've known her for two years. So so I feel like at this point, either you are kitchen friends only or you are close. Man, are you kitchen pals? Or are you kitchen friends? Mm. That's totally going to be the title of the episode. Thank you. <laughs> Just uh, keep an eye on the ratio of her sharing and you sharing. And honestly, you might be okay with the ratio. Yeah. Because um, I remember, not remember, this. I still feel like this. Sometimes I'm like relieved when people do the majority of the talking. Like I am naturally friends with people that share more than I do. I think it just happens because I don't know how to talk about myself. Oh, Jen. I'm learning. I'm still learning. But I'm not great at sharing my feelings or thought. Well, kind of. I mean, I'm saying this onto a podcast. So it's, it's In kinda, which we talk about our feelings yeah. and thoughts. So, like, I do it a lot, but that doesn't mean I'm good at it. So, like, a great example is right before this podcast started recording. Jen and I always, we dish about ourselves and our lives. I definitely talked 70% of the time. But I love that. And and I know that that's what you're comfortable with. It is what I'm comfortable with. It makes me feel so good. And I try to ask you really general questions. So you're that, so cute. So that if yeah. you want to keep going, you can, but you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess to, to wrap this up into a, a tight little kitchen ball is that obviously do whatever you're comfortable with. You know, you seem uncomfortable that you have this dark secret that you have feelings for her. But there, it, that's not like some awful thing that you're keeping from her. You keep a lot of shit from your friends, okay? Yeah. Like this is just one more thing that y you are giving them the curated experience of you. And that's just life unless you live with somebody in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. We're talking about being married. Yes. To as many people as you wish. Yep. It's not this big, this big burden that you have, that you have feelings. You don't need to feel guilty for having them unless they make you misbehave. And you made it pretty clear that's not happening. Yep, I totally agree. 
we would encourage you to analyze your friendship with this person that you feel honored and uh, honored by, because we want you to also make sure that you feel cared about and supported, because that seems to be what you are doing for your kitchen friend. Yep. And I know I mentioned it seems like there seems like there's a lot of people involved that live in this kitchen. It's like a fun group setting. You don't have to have one kitchen friend, by the way. You could have many kitchen friends. Yeah. Why don't you become kitchen friends with the dude she's got a crush on? That that would just make this kitchen story even more complex. And then send us a follow-up email. God. Tell us what's going on with the kitchen. This sounds so juicy. Like, as much information as you can give us about the kitchen, honestly, the better. Like, who's screwing who? Who's fucking? I wonder if anybody's ever fucked in the kitchen. De- definitely someone's fucked in the kitchen. Like, up against, like, the stove or, like, a- man, you better clean that table before you eat on it. Oh, yeah. You need placemats, my friend. Placemats. That's the way A personal placemats. Take them to your room after. Right, right, right. Otherwise, Table... otherwise those are getting fucked on. Tablecloth that you wash at least weekly. Placemat for yourself. That's the kind of advice that you've come to expect from French Big Podcast. And your own dishes that you clean yourself and carry to your room. Yeah, somebody had sex Just on assume every so- someone's put everything, something up their butt. <laughs> That's what a friend who works in hospitality told me about any hotel room. Oh, God. Five-star five hotel doesn't matter. Assume that remote control has been up someone's butt. Assume that light switch up someone's butt. How? It doesn't matter how. Humans are very crafty. People will make it happen. People will put things in their butt. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I guess, go ahead and do it at Do Friendship. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you to Ian Parman for editing this god-awful podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry about everything. <laughs> thank you to Lord Gallagher for all of your design work, to Alex Cox for making the studio work, and to Molly Lewis for our beautiful theme song, The Blue and Her Mellifluous Voice. Oh, one more thing. Uh, tonight, because this is releasing on Thursday. Oh, hell yeah. If you're in the Chicagoland area, you should go to Zoe Quinn's talk and book signing at Volumes Cafe. It's at uh, Volumes Book Cafe is at 1474 North Milwaukee Avenue. Uh, the festivities will begin at 8 o'clock. And uh, guess what? They have booze there. Oh, hell yeah. They have books and they have booze. That's perfect. It's a perfect place. Enjoy yourself. And you know what? Thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. Dee-doo! <laughs> Dee-doo, get out of the trash! <laughs> I did choke on my granola bar. Hold on, let me finish chomping. Okay, when you're done with your chompies. No, almost done. <laughs>